y'all, this is Harley, a beautiful creepster from a small town in Illinois of 500 people, and you're listening to A Paranormal Chicks. Carrie. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Sinister Sightings 78. And you just heard Harley C. And what's so funny is that she was like, um, I'm 19, but I had trouble understanding how to submit this intro. And <laughs> I felt like, you know, I have this technical skills of an 80-year-old. And I'm like, same. <laughs> All the time, me and Carrie are like, how do you do this? How do you, how do you Twitter? How do you tweet? Twitter is hard. It is. I don't care. Look, if you can do Twitter, you can you could take over the fucking world. <laughs> I mean, obviously you could be the president of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you want to try to figure out how to do an intro, head on over patreon.com slash the APC podcast. This one is called Want to Be Kidnapped. So I worked at Cracker Barrel where I live in South Dakota. How many stars you got? I I learned what that was only like a few years ago, I'm not gonna lie. I never even noticed it until you said it. Yeah. And it's how many years they work there, right? Mm-hmm. So this couple, we will call Sue and Randy. I approached their table as a server. First words said were, Kara? How? Randy looked at Sue and said, no, her name tag says Shaylin. So I got their order, didn't think twice about it. Well, they asked as I dropped their ticket off and said, have a good night. Do you like horses? nobody knew I used to be obsessed and train three horses growing up. I weirdly say, yes, why? Their response blew me away. We have a daughter who transcended when she was 14. Two months before, we got her two horses. We need a trainer slash stallkeeper. I got excited not knowing what would happen. Their daughter Kara's picture was under my tip. I will admit, I was kind of freaked out how much we looked alike. So I called them a month later after realizing I needed stable therapy. Got directions, headed out. They were so sweet, and the house was fucking amazing. We chatted about chores and our stories. My dad had passed, my mom was in prison, and house burnt down. I was in a bad spot. They blurred out, car was shot by our old housekeeper slash lawn care worker. I pause, and I was like, what the fuck? Sue goes, you look so much like her and love horses. Do you want to do law enforcement? Kara wanted to be a judge. Let me remind you, Randy was a smart, rich-ass scientist. He has Asperger's. Anyways, I loved being with the three horses they had. I went out every weekend for three months. My old boyfriend came with me because I told him I was riding and looked into the tree grove and there was an older man just walking. Looked at me and walked undisturbed. Freaked me the fuck out. We were told to clean the horse trailer Kara used last like 12 years ago. We didn't realize at the time we cleaned the fucking blood off the goddamn trailer where she was killed. Oh no. I got told Kara has all these shoes and clothes that looks like it would fit me. I was 18. She was 14. I said, sure. Uh. I ended up trying on an outfit. They had me sit on the stairs and smile. No problem. I don't care. Ooh. Yeah. That's creepy. 
Two years later, I found out Kara had a picture right there in that same outfit. That's when I connected it. They said the courts let the guy go after they found him guilty, but, hmm. It was ruled a suicide by cops for years. I used to get phone calls by my friends and family. They could never know where the house was. They made sure I knew that. I got yelled at if I told people I went out there. I was fucking scared, but loved the horses. Well, I stayed there for a week and couldn't leave the property or have anybody come see me. I used Kara's everything, brush, bathroom, lived upstairs where her room was still. They still text me every once in a while, and I get so freaked. There's no evidence of a murder. It was all about suicide. What if they were trying to replace Kara with me? I get goosebumps thinking about it sometimes. I wonder what would have happened if I took them up on moving out there. Thanks for reading this long-ass story. I love you girls. Don't get scared. No, that's weird. Mm-hmm. But also, you could fit in her clothes and she was 14? That's what I take away from that whole thing. No, like legit, same. I was like, shit. I mean, I know I've said this before because it's a funny fucking meme. But I mean, I can fit in the earrings I wore when I was 14. Right? That's about it. Not even the fucking shoes. No. That's creepy as fuck. Don't don't talk to them. Mm-mm. No, because they are going to, like, allegedly use a horse trank on you, and then, like, you're not going to be seen again. And you're like, what in the Dexter is going on here? Mm-hmm. And they're going to be like, your name is Kara. No, that's like that let's not meet. Mm-hmm. Honestly, that could be right on that show. Whew, that, close calls. I mean, that's like legit an episode of Criminal Minds. Mm-hmm. Or, well, legit could be, I guess I should say. Yeah. Also, Carrie always plays the pyramid, like, thing, and she's always an ignoramus. I feel like this is not the first time you've told them that. Well, that's what I associate Cracker Barrel with. <laughs> Grandma's breakfast and Carrie's an ignoramus. Just got to knock me down a peg. Uh, see what I did there? See what you did there? Because <laughs> mm. I leave about four pegs up. <laughs> How many is that? Oh, shit. I'm, okay. <laughs> oh, I did better. Oh, no, I didn't. <laughs> Those are hard. Fucking hard. Stuff like that I'm not good at. All right. This one is, who the fuck is that? First of all, hi. My name is Alex from the surface of the sun, Arizona. Just a little tidbit, I live 20 minutes from Baseline Road where the Baseline Killer did his shit. That was a scary time for a 14-year-old. Damn. Yeah, and if y'all haven't listened to that, Carrie did cover that case. Secondly, this story is about my boyfriend's family, and he gave me permission to write this. So, nobody is gonna sue me. (laughs) My boyfriend's name is Tommy, and he has a grandma named Linda, and her husband is Gary. Gary unfortunately passed away on Easter due to Alzheimer's disease, along with sepsis, pneumonia, and a top-it-all-off coronavirus. Life is so unfair sometimes, but in some ways beautiful, which you might come to that conclusion at the end of this story. There's quite a few names in the story, so I apologize if you get confused, but try to stay with me. It's a good one. So Easter Sunday, I was getting ready to work a flight to Los Angeles since I'm a flight attendant, And people need me to spend five hours in a metal tube while there's a virus going around. Cool. Tommy texted me saying Gary passed away that morning while his nurse was holding his hand. Carrie, I don't know how you chose that field for your profession, but I salute and thank you for caring and comforting people till the very, very end. Oh, God. Thank you. 
Because of the fucking virus, Linda, Gary's wife, couldn't even be there with him while he took his last breath. She was at home all alone when she got that phone call. How terrible. I was getting ready for work, so I couldn't stop by to check in, but I asked my sister Anna to stop by and deliver some flowers and chocolates to Linda. It was about 4 p.m. and Anna pulled up to Linda's house. They knew each other because Gary and Linda would go into Anna's restaurant where Tommy used to work, and that's how we got together. With me so far? Good. So when Anna pulls up, she doesn't see any cars in Linda's driveway or around her house, so Anna wasn't even sure she was at home at first. She walks up to the door and knocks and sees Linda approaching through the security screen, and Linda and Anna immediately start to cry. How heartbreaking that this woman who just lost her husband couldn't even be with her husband to say goodbye. Linda opens the door because fuck COVID-19, and her and Anna share a big hug. Anna peeked in through the door and saw a brown-haired woman on the phone, so she whispered to Linda and said, I'm so sorry for your loss. This is from all of us, and we just love you. And Linda thanked her, and they continued to have a small, little, quiet chat, and then Anna left. When I got to my hotel room in L.A., I was FaceTiming Anna and Tommy, and we were talking about Gary. Tommy mentioned how shitty it was that Linda was alone, and Anna said, Well, someone was over there today. I think it was your aunt. Tommy replies, My Aunt Diane hasn't been over there since last week. Anna then replies, Um, someone was definitely over there today. I saw someone. Tommy said, I'm calling Diane right now. They get Diane on the phone, and she said that she hadn't been over at her mom's in about a week, but maybe it was a neighbor checking in on Linda. As I'm FaceTiming Anna and Tommy, confused as hell, I text Linda asking, Linda, was anyone at your house today? She replies, nope, just me and the dogs, why? I'm sorry, but are you fucking joking? I read the text out loud, and we all gasp, got full-body goosebumps, and immediately called Linda. Tommy asks again, Grandma, nobody came to see you today? And Linda replies, no, why? Anna gets on the phone and says, Linda, I don't mean to freak you out, but I saw a woman in your house when I saw you. That's why I was whispering. I saw a lady with a brunette ponytail wearing a tank top on the phone in the kitchen behind you when I was at the door. Linda said, oh my goodness, nobody was over today. As we're all freaking the fuck out for a solid minute, Linda asks, you know, my best friend Stephanie always wore tank tops because she lived in Florida. Stephanie unfortunately passed away just a few months before all of this happened, and her and Linda were a lot like you ladies, the absolute best of friends. Tommy asked, well, send me a picture of Stephanie, and I'll show it to Anna and see if that was her. Linda sends the picture, and the second Anna looked at it, she pointed and said, that's her. We are all in utter shock. My sister saw a fucking ghost. I'm in a hotel room all alone. What is happening? I still cannot believe it, even typing this story. We all tried to debunk this event. Linda has a giant mirror to the left of the front door, but Anna said the woman was wearing a purple tank top with her hair in a ponytail, and Anna was wearing a black long sleeve jacket with her hair in a high bun. Maybe while she was looking through the screen door, she thought she saw a woman, but it was Linda instead? Nope, because Linda is short with blondish gray short hair that was being worn down. 
Even though we were all super freaked out that Anna saw a ghost, Linda saw the beauty in the fact that her best friend came to visit her on the day that her husband passed away. If that isn't heartwarming in the freakiest way possible, I don't know what is. P.S. I know y'all are going to haunt each other in the afterlife. Always creeping it real, Alex. Correction. If Donna goes first, Donna's going to haunt me. If I go first, I'll be nice and come for life events like that. Whatever. She would so haunt me. She would pester the shit out of me. Oh, for sure. But also, you would haunt the fuck out of me. And don't even act like you wouldn't. You would do the shit to bug the shit out of me, though. Like, I would do funny shit. You would do the mean shit. Like, I swear to God, who moved, Who tilted that fucking picture? Like, I would put it back, and then you'd tilt it again. But like a picture that you had a hard time reaching. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> That's what you would do. Mm-hmm. Nah, I'd be a nice ghost. No, not good to everyone else. Because <laughs> you don't want to talk to anyone. <laughs> but to me and Marbu, because Marbu would be sleeping just like she used to be, and you'd be like, having to fuck with her. And then, when you're trying to get your ghost sleep, <laughs> she'd be trying to fuck with you. Touche. And then, I'd be talking to you, and be like, fuck, how you know I'm here? Be like, I smell your fucking baby powder, bitch. Well, you know what? Maybe I'm a plus-size ghost, too, and I got rolls that get sweaty. That's how they're going to be like, you know on Bobby Mackey's where that ghost had the rose perfume? No, yours would be, it's, you know what? Every time there's a cold, well, it'd be hot because your your ass is hot as fuck. (laughs) Be like, man, the room gets so hot and I smell baby powder. (laughs) Somebody must really take care of their fat rolls. It might be a child goes, nah, that's a full-on fucking demon. (laughs) Demon slash changeling. (laughs) Oh, shit. Don't worry. She only haunts during the day because she asleep. (laughs) Well, it'd be less scary. (laughs) (laughs) Be like, motherfucker, I am working. (laughs) Well, surely, if, if I go first, surely by the time I go, you will have been retired. This motherfucker is saying that she is the epitome of health, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> okay. Trips on pebbles and everything else. Surely you're going to live till we're fucking 85. Yeah, what do I have to do tomorrow? Mm-hmm. Infusions. Mm-hmm. Surely if I go first. <laughs> this motherfucker, what you saying? <laughs> Look, they tried to take me and they couldn't. <laughs> Actually, they probably rejected. It was like, eh. Oh, no. We don't want her Never guys. mind. No, she too, she's too loud. Fuck. She never Not yet. shuts up. Not yet. Look. Look. We just need We just need a few more years. Mm-hmm. Just a few more. A couple more years apiece. Mm-hmm. Also, though, on the for real, that is a really sweet story. Yeah, that is sweet. And you better be fucking sweet like that to me. I would. Well, I would have my pack of crackers because, again, I would be a ghost and you'd be like, you wouldn't even know where I am, but you'd be like, don't look at me. I know you're looking at me. <laughs> because, look, when I get upset and I don't want to be upset, I try to hold it in. I mean, who doesn't, obviously. But she can't because her eyes leak. <laughs> and then Donna likes to fucking stare at me. And I'm like, quit fucking looking at me. Well, just cry and get it out. I don't want to. And so you just got to stare and then she does it. <laughs> Okay, the next one is called The Demon in My Church's Bathroom. Hi friends, while listening to Sinister Sightings 58, 
I was reminded of a terrifying moment in my childhood thanks to LA's church story. Well, at the moment, it was terrifying, but now I am laughing out loud at my old self. I grew up Catholic in a semi-devout family. My dad went to Catholic school his whole life and was involved in church groups as an adult and never missed a Sunday Mass. He sent us kids to Catholic grade school where we had to go to church twice during the week and again on the weekends as a family. This was torture for me, who is now openly atheist, because even from a young age, I didn't genuinely believe in all that God being good stuff. I did, however, really believe in the paranormal, especially the darker side. The school and the church where we went were a little outdated. I started first grade in 2000, and neither building had had a good update since the early 80s max. Like, there was a ministry room at the school with orange shag carpet and a green tweed love seat. The church was also pretty outdated, which gave off an eerie vibe. One of the creepiest places in the church for me was the women's restroom. It looked like a strange mix of abandoned hospital and horror movie murder location number three. The lighting was dirty yellow, the stalls were falling apart, the walls were concrete painted white, and there were outdated metal fixtures for paper towels and such on the walls. You want to know about some rickety fucking bathroom stalls? My nephew Peyton, at the middle school where he goes, he was standing at the urinal and somebody closed the bathroom stall door too hard and the motherfucking stall fell on his toe. What the fuck? <laughs> Only in my family would that happen to someone. Always the fucking bathroom with y'all. <laughs> it really is. Yes. And this poor baby, he wasn't even doing anything. Like, he was just standing there. Don't lollygag in the fucking bathroom. Well, when you gotta pee, you gotta pee. <laughs> He's in middle school. He'd probably been holding it for six months. You know how they do. <laughs> yes. Yes, they do. I absolutely hated going to the bathroom alone at church and would avoid it at all costs. But sometimes when you're like eight, it's really hard to hold it in. Eight, 35. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime I would go to the bathroom, I'd get such extreme anxiety before walking in and would sometimes wait outside the door until I saw someone else go in. I had convinced myself that that's where the evil of the church lived. It was in a hallway outside of the actual church area, so I thought that like we were protected by God inside the actual church, but that the evil would hang out other places to get you. I mean, that's sound logic to me. Oh, for sure. Well, one Sunday at church, when I was probably nine max, I really had to go to the bathroom. I couldn't wait outside for someone else to go in the bathroom, so I braved it and went along. That's when I saw it, and my worst fears had been confirmed. Demons did live in the church bathroom, and they attacked someone right before my eyes. What the what? When I walked in, I could see that someone was in the first stall on her hands and knees, and her glasses were knocked off of her face and onto the ground. I knew that the demons attacked her and left her for dead. I froze in my tracks and stared at what I could see of her for what felt like an eternity before quietly retreating as to not alert the demons and went back to my pew. I wanted to tell my mom about it, but I didn't want her to yell at me at home for talking during church. And I also didn't want to rat out the demons because they might come for me. 
I must have been acting weird enough when I came back to the pew because after a moment, my mom took me out to talk to me. Honestly, probably originally to yell at me and tell me to start acting right. And that's when I broke down and told her about the woman in the bathroom. She ran to the bathroom to see if she was still there. Because as a rational adult, a woman collapsed, unmoving, on her hands and knees was more likely suffering from a heart attack rather than a demon attack. And she was, but was standing up and doing better. Another churchgoer found the woman in the bathroom and helped her. She wasn't suffering from a heart attack, but was pretty old and fell and needed help getting up and regaining her breath and such. Oh, gosh. My sister got married in that church about seven years ago, and that was the first time I had been in in about three years, and it was also the last. After tons of reconstruction and updating of the church, I was still hesitant to enter the bathroom because of that incident. Thinking back on it now, I can't help but laugh at my childhood mind, even if it was scary as shit in the moment. I hope you guys enjoyed my funny little demon story, Creep It Real and Don't Get Scared, Poppy P. If that's not some shit little Carrie would do. <laughs> well, little Dom is too nosy. I'd be down there. What's going on? I mean, she didn't answer me like, she must be dead. Okay, gotta go. Like, See, I feel like little Carrie would be like, like picture the dad... From Beauty and the Beast when he goes, hey, hey, hello. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's it. That's what I would do. And then I would probably, actually, you know what? No, because I could not get up during church to go to said bathroom. <laughs> Once you were in the pew, your butt was in the pew. Unless you were in trouble. And then mom would take you out to spank you. Happened a lot for me. (laughs) (laughs) Why are churches so freaking scary? Because it's life and death. Like, that's what it, you know what I mean? That's what it's there for. It's like talking about eternity. And if you don't make the right decision, you're damned. You know what I mean? So it's like these huge things where you're like, I don't want to die. Yeah. Because like when you're going into the church, like, it's pretty and it's great. But then like if you're by yourself at any point. Like, going to the bathroom or going down a hall, you're like, what the fuck? This is scary as fuck. hmm I know. It's crazy because, like, when you were talking about the bathroom, none of the bathrooms at the church I grew up going to looked like that. But it made me picture two bathrooms, one down this hall, like, behind the sanctuary, and then another one, like, that I have not thought of those bathrooms in decades You know, and it was like, oh my gosh, it like just transported me there. Yeah. All right. Hey, gals, been binging the last few weeks after my girlfriend got me into you guys. Well, that sounds very sexual, (laughs) and we're here for it. (laughs) (laughs) Helps work go by and gives me goosebumps, so it's the best of both worlds. Must be doing something right. I mean, we are both the creepy and the naughty. I'm just saying, you're right. After listening to your episode on May 7th about the girl and the evil entity in the sanctuary, it reminded me of my ghost encounters in our church growing up, so here we go. What? What the synchronicity is going on here? Okay. Although, both of them said after listening to an episode, so these had to have come in at the same time. Yeah. Because we're reading them back to back, which means because we read them in order. Yeah. So, actually... I don't know, the the glass just cracked around me because it's like the synchronicity makes sense. Shh. <laughs> I'm just saying. Not all of these people are listening. But I'm just at saying the same time though. But I'm just saying, if something like ding 
a memory. Carrie just told me that Santa Claus isn't real, basically. I cracked the code. You did. I don't like it. (laughs) Sorry. All right. Well. Now that that's settled. mm Mm-hmm. In my teenage years, my father and I would clean our church on Tuesday nights. Everything would go on without a hitch for the most part. We'd split up and take different wings of the church, then tackle the main area of the church together. Some nights it wouldn't be bad. Then some nights you'd feel the crushing weight of a presence. Some of the activities we experienced together were the stage lights would flip on and off when no one was upstairs. Music would also start randomly playing and you'd hear faint voices from the back of the pews. Regardless of the activity that would or wouldn't happen, one thing would always happen. The damn evil spirit or demon or whatever would always rush at us as we were closing the main doors and attempt to push them back open at us. My father and I are both big guys, and we'd have to throw our bodies as hard as we could against the doors to contain it. The guttural screams and laughs that would come from the other side as we would have our bodies against the door still haunts me. Moral of the story, churches are so fucking haunted. Got plenty more to share. Creeping it real from the oldest and most haunted city in America, St. Augustine. I'm surprised you didn't hit on him. Well, now I am. <laughs> I was going to say. He said he a big guy, so, uh, hey, do you have a beard? Do you have tattoos? Hello. Sorry about your girlfriend, but, uh... I mean, she got great taste. <laughs> great taste. I mean, so you're a big guy and you're strong because you're holding a demon back. If you can hold a demon back, you can hold me up. Donna basically just slid off her seat. <laughs> <laughs> and you like to clean up, so... <laughs> I mean, hello, clean up. <laughs> <laughs> clean up in all four. <laughs> Just kidding. Love happy couples. <laughs> but if y'all aren't happy. She's kidding. Yes, I'm kidding. Kidding. Also, though, who is your girlfriend? Like, do we know her? Yes. If y'all say, my girlfriend, my friend, blah, blah, got me, like, listening to this podcast, tell us their freaking name. Yeah. Shout them out. They did you a solid, okay? I mean, they did us a solid, too, by getting you to listen to us. So, For sure. Uh, we want to shout them out, too. And we, he got plenty more to share, so... Uh, Next email, shout her out. Yes. Okay, this one is, Nanny was watching my unborn son. Hey, ladies, I've been enjoying your podcast for about six months now, slowly catching up. I skipped the Sinister Sightings episodes at first because... Frankly, I'd had enough spooky stuff happen in my life, and hearing firsthand accounts of paranormal things scares me more than I like to admit. But one day, I said, what the hell, and put one of the Sinister Sightings episodes on and really enjoyed hearing fellow listeners' experiences. It was also sort of validation for me that I didn't realize that I needed. The things I've experienced were real, and there were people out there with stories similar to mine. I've been feeling compelled to write into you guys with some of my experiences, And there have been many, but every time I sat down, nothing came out the way I wanted, so I would stop and put it off. And then I thought of this story, one of the happier paranormal things in my life. Now that I've preambled long enough, let's get to the story. We the people. I mean, why are you so smart? (laughs) I know. Let me thesaurus some of these words. Yeah, preambled. Literally, that's the only time I've ever used that word. And I only know it from Schoolhouse Rock. (laughs) (laughs) Background on me. From an early age, I have considered myself somewhat of a sensitive. 
I often feel things like emotions and the presence of spirits that others don't. I get what I can only best describe as an internal vision of what some spirits look like, and I have even predicted things that would happen by dreaming about them. Not big things, but still, it's off-putting when a dream you've had comes true exactly how you dreamt it. Also, it seems like paranormal activity ramps up when I'm around. Okay, now that you know more about me than I usually reveal to even my closest people, on with my story. I'm an only child, and when I was 16, my grandfather passed away, and my parents and I moved in with my grandmother so that she wouldn't be alone and wouldn't have to uproot her life. To make a long story short, my grandmother and I didn't see eye to eye on a lot of things, and that led to us having a very poor relationship. It was a very difficult time for my family, and I couldn't wait to go to college because that meant I didn't have to share a roof with her. As time went on, I let her be a superficial part of my life, but our relationship never truly healed. My husband wanted to have kids pretty soon after we got married, but I put it off. In hindsight, one of the reasons was that I didn't want my grandmother to be in the baby's life. I know that sounds harsh, but believe me, she was not the warm and fuzzy grandmother that I wish I had had. My grandmother passed away a few years ago, and I almost felt that it allowed me to give myself permission to begin seriously considering a baby. A few months later, I found out that I was pregnant and we were elated. It took us quite a few months and lots of tears before those two pink lines appeared. Through our happiness, there was a nagging feeling in the back of my mind. You see, I'd had a dream that led me to believe that before a baby comes into this world, his slash her soul is kept safe in heaven before it's ready to join its body in preparation for being born. And my concern was was who was protecting my baby's soul slash spirit. I was having a particularly emotional pregnancy day and was praying hard over this concern. Please don't let my baby be watched by my grandmother. I don't want her near my baby. We didn't yet know if it was a girl or a boy. Spoiler alert, he was a boy. I was deep in prayer about this when I had one of my internal visions of a lovely woman holding my sweet bundled child. She seemed vaguely familiar, but I didn't fully recognize her. I had a feeling it was my mom's beloved grandmother who passed before I was born. I had seen a couple of pictures of her throughout my life, but in my vision, she was healthier, maybe a little younger looking, and radiant. I had an overwhelming calm come over me as I felt this woman saying to me, Don't worry yourself over this little one. I'm the one to watch over your child. A couple of days later, I was at my mom's house, and I asked her if she had any pictures of her nanny. She led me over to one wall that had various family members pictured and pointed to one in particular. It confirmed that I was right. Nanny was watching over my baby until he could come be with us on earth. I told my mom what happened, and she cried happy tears and said, Well, that baby sure is in good hands. I felt nanny's presence with us at that moment. For a while after that, I would talk out loud to nanny, asking her to take care of my child, even though I knew she was. I just had to remind her, okay? At first, I would get reassuring visions of her with a bundle, but eventually the visions didn't come. I figured it was because Nanny had done her duty to protect his sweet spirit until it was ready to join his body. My baby boy was born healthy and is one of the happiest toddlers I've ever seen. I like to think that's in some part due to Nanny keeping him close to her. Sorry if this ran too long, but I thank you for sharing all of our stories And for the safe space that you girls have created for all of us spooksters out there, keep doing what you're doing, Nicole. Wow. 
That's amazing. It's sweet and heartwarming. Yeah. It's like part of me wishes I got visions like that, but then also I don't want them. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like I get these like gut feelings where it's like, no, this is this is it. This is how it's going to be. But then they're not always right. But then they will be. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just feel like Nicole gets more confirmation with her feelings and her, you know. Yeah. Also, I like what Nicole said about her listening and then finding validation. Mm-hmm. I think that is a huge part where people listen and it's like, oh, wait. Like, no, this did happen to me. Okay, mm-hmm. someone else would believe me. And, you know, I think, okay, look, we really do try not to talk about, like, reviews and stuff. But we have gotten some reviews that said that they don't, like, believe some of the sinister sightings. And it's like, have people probably sent us some fake ones here and there? Sure. But, I mean, the vast majority are truthful and your real experiences. And we read them as we get them. So, you know, we're not picking and choosing. If you send it, we read it. Yeah. So. We believe you until you give us a reason to not believe you. Right. So I think that's why it's important to us that you find validation through other people's experiences. Yeah. Or I guess I should say validation of your experiences through other people's experiences. Yeah. All right. This next one is shoe flat. Don't bother me. Hey, beautiful ladies, I am a fairly new listener, three months, I think, and I have fallen in love with your podcast and your voices. I'm from Canada, so I'm not used to hearing your lovely southern accents in the wild out in public, so (laughs) it makes me feel more worldly when listening, if that makes any sense. Uh, Totally. But um, when I think of it like that, it's not usually a southern accent, I think. No, it's across the pond. Yes, it's like. A Canadian accent or a mm-hmm. British accent or, you know, it's or a Scottish accent. That's yeah. not Scottish, but you get the point. Yeah. Also, I do love a Canadian accent because they're, it's, it's also because they're very crisp. Yes. Just like British and stuff. Like, it's just. Enunciated. Mm-hmm. Like, polished. Mm-hmm. Instead of mine, it's like. proper. Yeah. I'm like, what are you going to do? What are you doing? Like, you know what I mean? Anyways, I decided to send this in because it gave me the heebie-jeebies and figured you would want to hear about it. It's pretty short, so more of a sinister anecdote than a sinister sighting. Recently, today, I was listening to your podcast while enjoying the warm weather by my pond and was stretched out in my hammock. I was listening to episode 88, the one where Donna talked about Peggy the doll. During my listening, there was a fly buzzing around me and it kept landing on my bare foot. Um, gross. No thanks. <laughs> Ain't nobody got time for that. You know that that fly shit on you when it landed, right? Ew. <laughs> Ew. That's what I've always heard. Like, every time a fly lands, they shit. Ew. I don't know if that's right, but it's what I was told. I shrugged it off as there's always creepy crawlies by my pond, so didn't think anything of it. Until Donna got to the part of the story that mentioned the flies that were around Zach, the Dybbuk douche, and Donna when they were doing Peggy-related stuff. That had me shook because I realized that the fly had appeared near the beginning of the story and disappeared right before it ended. What the fuck? Maybe it's just a crazy coincidence, but it sure creeped me out. Thanks for taking the time to read this anecdote thing born from my paranoia. I may send in another anecdote from my sister about her experience with sleep paralysis, but I have to ask her first. However, she's a moody teenager, so we'll have to see what she says. Creep it real, Anna. 
all these people being like nice and shit. I was gonna say, y'all don't have a friend like Donna. Donna would have told y'all all my. Well, wait, she already has told y'all all my shit. Yeah, have y'all not tuned into a live? Please. Asking people's permission to share their shit. What are y'all nice? Yeah. What is this politeness? Fuck. I mean, just take their name out of and send it. <laughs> yeah, like when that person said we don't have to worry about lawyers or whatever, I was like, what? That never crossed my mind. Carrie could sue me. <laughs> like, so sue me. Oh, shit, she could. Oh, fuck. Just kidding. Still get their permission. Yeah, for sure. But, I mean, I would totally be like, I'm just changing fucking names. My best friend, Kari. <laughs> she got blonde, curly hair. Sometimes she wears it straight. She's taller than me. Normally sits on my right. <laughs> I do always sit <laughs> You're my right-hand woman. (laughs) You know. Hello, my name is Lisa, and I will be sharing just two experiences I have had. Some experiences shouldn't be talked about. And now I'm leaning in. I know. I'm like, well, but I want to know those. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, I respect you not wanting to say, but also, fucking share them. (laughs) Okay. It was a hot summer night, and I was about 10 years old. I was sleeping, and I woke up to my rocking chair beside my bed moving aggressively. That is also what Carrie would do if she was a ghost. (laughs) Yes, it is. 100, yes. But not at night. At first, I wasn't scared until I got up and I felt myself weak, unable to breathe. Then I rushed to the kitchen to get myself water. The house I grew up in has a very long hallway, basically from the front of the house to the backyard, and my room was the first room you see when entering the house. As I walked out of the kitchen, passing the hallway into my room, I smelled the most horrible smell. I knew instantly that was the smell of death. I ran down the hallway to my parents' room and heard footsteps rushing towards me, and an old man with an accent whispered behind my ear to run, little girl, run, with a laugh that till this day I can hear. I was upset more than anything for not confronting the presence because I always knew I was protected. Long story short, I woke my parents up. My mother comforted me and my father believed me because he said the piano was playing by itself just yesterday when he was working alone in the house. My house was not haunted, but we did get visitors often. My other experience was three years ago. I'm now 24. I was having sleep paralysis, so it's called. I couldn't move, I couldn't speak, but I sure did see. A woman was holding me down and was covered in blood. I literally felt blood dripping down on me from her. She was crying, telling me something, but I couldn't make it out. That woman was so sad for a second, I felt bad for her. Just as she's fading away, I see animals from bunnies, birds, and wolves appear all around me trying to protect me. And have me understand that I'm more than human and I'm needed somewhere else. I knew because of their approach and honestly felt safe like I've met them before in a different form. It was a feeling of instant trust. I woke up to my room completely messed up. Everything was everywhere. Ladies, I had just cleaned my room. The thing is, I'm not scared of spirits. I feel them around me almost every day. Especially in this new house I moved into. Sometimes I know there was someone in the same room with me, and all I do is light up my Palo Santo and ask them to leave. I'm thankful I understand energy now and am able to protect myself because a lot of spirits were mean to me growing up. 
Creep at real ladies and never get scared. Hopefully I can have the courage to talk about the witch in Mexico that put a curse on my family or some things that have happened so far since we moved in. Thank you for being the best podcast. I'm happy to have connected to you both. Oh, gosh. Okay, tell, we were just kidding earlier. Tell us when you're ready. Yeah, for real. Gosh, that's so scary. I do not want to experience sleep paralysis. No! Y'all are some strong motherfuckers. Do you think those animals were your familiars? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know enough about that. Me neither, because I thought... Since they were all different, could they be? Like, since it was like a rabbit, a wolf, a whatever else. I don't know. Or maybe she said they were familiar to her, but maybe in a different form. So maybe she was like, I don't know, an elemental. I don't know. I'm just spouting out shit. I'm sorry. We don't actually know anything about any of this. (laughs) Keywords. Well, we would love to know more, and you just send them in when you're comfortable. Definitely. And thank you for listening to the podcast. All right. The last one. Hello there, lovelies. I worked for several years for the postal service, typing in codes for eight hours a day, not even 10 miles from my house. When they closed my work, I got transferred to Fresno, which is 90 miles one way from my home. Oh, shit. Plus, the work is all physical, actually moving and processing. Took a few years, but people stopped calling me Wendy from Modesto and just called me Wendy. That's so shitty. It is, but that's so true. Like, that people, like, names get stuck on people Mm -hmm. like that. I was working on my machine when an ET that I didn't know started to talk to me. Like, extraterrestrial? I'm guessing not, but, uh... Envelope tender? I was like, electronic teller? But, uh, (laughs) that's still, like, an ET thing. Wendy, we need to know what an ET is. Oh, God, this sounds like me. I'll talk to anyone, so no problem. But he starts talking like he knows who I am and that I should know who he is. He's asking if people were giving me a hard time about coming in from another facility. Turns out that he came from a center like the one I was just at in Bakersfield, trying to find some common ground. When he sent me a friend request, I had to ask others who he was. They said he was harmless. People were commenting that we were hanging around together. Uh, no. I'd be working and he'd be standing there watching me. He'd even ask me questions about something he saw me do when he wasn't around. In other words, he was watching me from the shadows. He would comment on what time I pulled into the parking lot or would even stake out the men's locker room because the door was right before you entered the workroom floor. So he'd pop out at me when I walked by. (gasps) He would ask questions about something I said on Facebook and would look up who everyone was to me. Even referred to my dad by his first name and talked about his military career. Holy inappropriate. One day, he looked at my address and told me he was coming to my house. He actually left messages telling me where he was, even when he was at the stop sign at the end of my street. I tried everything to get him to leave me alone until finally I called ESP and they told me to call the police on his ass. Instead, I told him he had two options. One, to leave me alone, or two, I would report his ass. He left me alone for a month, then came at me and gave me an ultimatum. Either I agreed to his sick demands, or he would tell a good guy friend of mine's wife that we were sleeping together. I told him that he knew it wasn't true, and he just laughed, saying he knew that she'd flip out. 
I reported him to my supervisor who saw him trying to intimidate me and didn't talk to my friend who saw him grab me. When she walked into him, he played her off. She said that he could do whatever he wanted to do with me, just not on the workroom floor. What the fuck? Wow. Since he still was after me, I went to the office crying to my boss's boss, and he put a stop to it. He got put on a different shift, which is how the post office fixed problems like this. They move it. I wanted to tell this story because it happened so fast. I had no idea what was happening before I was scared to go to work. My guard was down because it was just a bit after my mom died. I would like to think of not for that, I would have seen those red flags. Be safe, my friends. Wendy. Oh my God. That's so freaking scary. And then your boss. You know what? Like, it's just like when people don't care what happens to you. It's not on school grounds or, Mm -hmm. you know, like whatever. And it's like, fuck you. Definitely inappropriate, though. Like, if something would have happened to you. I mean, I know something happened to you, but I mean, like. That's the thing about stalking, even in your stories. Well, like, nothing can really be done until he hurts you. Mm -hmm. Until they kill you. Until something bad happens. Yeah, until, until, until. Mm -hmm. Thank God that you had the courage to, like, keep going and keep fighting for yourself. Mm -hmm. And report it. And report it, yes. Because I know that I would be like, well, I don't want him to get in trouble You know, that would be the way I would think. And it's like, no, he's doing this. He's making this decision. You aren't doing anything wrong by reporting it. He's doing the wrong. And it's his fault for acting that way. It's not your fault for handling it the correct way. Yes. Yeah. These were good stories. I mean, I literally say that every episode. But it's fucking true. Y'all keep sending these freaking amazing stories. You can send them to our email address, aparanormalchicks at gmail.com. And just so y'all know, we are just now breaking into the month of May stories. Yes. So if you remember when you sent yours in, you can kind of know, like, okay, they haven't gotten to mine yet. We hope that y'all are enjoying the 31 Nights of Halloween. More stuff to come. So stay tuned in. And remember, creep it real and and don't don't get scared. scared.